Every Wednesday at 11 a.m., Tim Rosenthal from Bruins Daily joins us. And today is Wednesday, and oh, hey, wow, it's 11 to 1. Here's Tim Rosenthal from Bruins Daily as we talk about the Bruins' big win over the Ottawa Senators last night. Now, the first thing to start off with here, Tim, and, and good morning to you. Hey, good morning, Matty. Now, the, the very first thing that we need to discuss here is there was a report yesterday from TSN uh, stating that uh, a Bruins videographer was was you know, detained or looked at or kicked out from Senator's practice, et cetera. That's, uh, uh, turns out that that might be a case of hashtag fake news. Yeah, a whole bunch of nothing there. Really? Uh, even uh, the Bruins and um, Senator's PR department denied that was the case. Maybe he was asked politely not to film the uh, session, and I'm sure he complied, but a whole bunch of nothing. Now, unless we get to playing puck, the Bruins figure out how to deflate pucks. I don't think they're going to be investigated <laughs> by Gary Bettman anytime soon. Talking with, well, I mean, they don't really investigate much for the National Hockey League, anyways. No. Maybe right. Roger Goodell will be a special investigator or Ted Wells, one of the two. I don't we, know. Ted we Wells thought, is the best special investigator, right? We I thought mean, maybe they'd, they'd blame Belichick. Yeah, <laughs> what was that? What was that, coach? I said they'd probably blame Belichick anyway. I feel like they would. Why not? Well, I mean, maybe he could do the voiceover for the Bruins, too, and he could read it in a monotone voice that sounds like he's reading. Yeah, there right? you go. Sounds like a good time. Big win for the, the Bruins yeah. last night. That was a stinky road trip, uh, and they did manage to finish off Ottawa, but didn't look easy in the beginning. No, it didn't. And uh, the uh, worst one was the Calgary performance, I think. Now, they had some chances against the Flames, don't get me wrong. I think in that regard, they fared a little better than they might have against the Oilers and Canucks, but all around that game was messy, and then you had no chance to stop McDavid there on a couple of instances. Um, the next night in Edmonton, even though Hawak performed well, but the turnover in the uh, three-on-three overtime that led to the um, game winner in Edmonton, you had no shot of uh, uh, stopping there with, um, I believe it was uh, Marshy. I'm looking for a one pass from Bergeron there, who would be on a breakaway instead of a two-on-one the other way. And I do believe McDavid was um, on the first or second goal. I'm trying to remember, recall which one that was. But we shot it wide, and um, it stuck to a teammate, and they scored. Uh, I believe he was shooting that wide on purpose, so there's that. And then Vancouver, it took him a little while, but they looked good in second and third. But... Um, at the same time, they just couldn't bury their chances that night. And right now, I think a lack of secondary scoring really hurt that. Is hurting this team a little bit. Now, uh, we saw the top line pick up right where they left off from the um, homestand against Ottawa, but they are going to need some secondary scoring for sure. Where can that secondary, uh, secondary scoring come from on these lines? Is there a current line right now that looks like it's developing that could be a good secondary line? Because that's going to be the concern going forward with this team. We know their top line is as good as anybody else's top line out there. The problem is they don't have enough other lines to get any th- sort of scoring done. And that reared its ugly head in the playoffs last year. And going up this year, now you've got even stronger teams in the conference, whether it's Tampa, you know, whether it's Toronto. I, I mean, they're all... To me, they're all not at Pittsburgh. I mean, none of those teams are going to have trouble scoring uh, on any line. And the problem is they're, they don't have anyone to fill a, a needed second-line role from within right now or a third-line center role. Those are, I think, two areas of need, let alone a big left-shot defenseman that they've, um, uh, that they've needed for a few years now. But um, 
You look at Joakim Nordstrom, he's actually been a nice find so far, but he's tied for, I believe, third on the team with two goals. I think uh, David Krejci also tied him uh, last night with that power play goal of his. But he's been, at least Krejci's been producing. Um, he has about eight points in about nine games there, so that's a pretty good pace. Nebraska is struggling a little bit early on, but he's skating hard. I think the goals will come eventually. It's that second line right wing spot that they've uh, struggled, or left wing spot, rather, because they moved Nebraska over right wing for a time being, that they've uh, struggled to um, uh, to find uh, whoever has been put on there. Danton Heinen, Ryan Donato, even Joakim Nordstrom, they haven't had as much consistency uh, as they have in. Uh, when they've been playing bottom six roles, so it's it's going to be tough. But I think there could be a couple names on the market that you might be hearing uh, for, uh, that you might be hearing about down the road. But uh, right now, they're just going to have to fill from within for a time being. Talking with Tim Rosenthal from Bruins Daily and BruinsDaily.com. Tim, who are the who are the names you you're thinking that that might be out there? Well, uh, first and foremost is. Um, uh, Artemi Panarin, he's been on the rumor to be on the block for a while. He's on the final year of his contract. Now, if you tra- uh, train for a guy like Panarin, who could also uh, fill in a top-line role if you want to move Pasternak back with uh, Krejci, but you're going to have to give up uh, one of Jake DeBrusque, Charlie McAvoy, maybe even a Euro Vakanen, <laughs> depending on what Columbus uh uh, it's asking for him right now. That asking price is a little bit too high. So maybe a guy like uh, Mark Stone uh, out of Ottawa. He's been a four-time twenty-goal scorer. He's built like a Rick Nash type, but he also has a pretty good shot. And he, I think um, he'd be okay with the uh, game with uh, Krejci on the uh, second line. He tends to do well with those big power forward types, and um, that's another guy I would look at for sure. Yeah, and I think Ottawa. Ottawa's in the in the uh, rebuild mode, so uh, that that sounds to me like it it could be something. Yeah, and so far they've actually had a uh, pretty decent start. But I think as the uh, season progresses, you're going to see them come back down to earth a little bit, and um, that's when uh, the seller's market begins for them. Now, um, the one thing that they don't have this year is a first round pick, so. They could they could tank and still not get the top overall pick. Go figure that one out. Wow! From that Matt Duchesne trade, I. Uh, what, what do you think the long term future is of that Ottawa franchise? Are are they set in Ottawa? Like it seems like there's a there's a lot there's a lot left to happen there. Yeah, there is, and unfortunately, the ownership situation it just gets worse and worse by the day. I mean, Mark Borecki, um and he's the guy who elbowed uh, Bakkenen, uh last night, and he's going to have a hearing today. I, I hope he gets a few games anyway. Um, but he's the one who had that softball interview with um, Eugene Melnick uh, before the season talking about the Sens and stuff, and it's just a PR nightmare up there right now, I, I tend to think. Uh, not only that, but uh, you have the arena situation. They're looking to move to downtown Ottawa. They have problems filling up stands. They blocked or tarped off a couple thousand seats last year, even after their run to the Eastern Conference Final the year before. So 
Yeah, total uh, disaster right now up in Ottawa. And trading Carlson and not getting a whole lot in return for him didn't help either. Yeah, they seem like they traded him. That was a very Peter Shirelian sort of trade. (laughs) Very much so, except... um, yeah, we the Senators haven't traded the top two picks of a uh, of a draft class. Unlike Shirelli, go figure that one out. Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> that goes. Good old Peter Shirelli. Great, great. Former Senators assistant GM too. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's left a he's left a trail everywhere he's gone. Basically, uh, <laughs> talk with Tim Rosenthal from Bruins Daily, BruinsDaily.com. Um, right now, it, it seems like uh, Cassidy's kind of sticking with the goalie rotation uh, the way it is. You know, one guy one day, one guy the next. You know, it, what, what do you think? Tuca's going to have like 30, you know, 40 starts and, you know, however that, you know, one's going to have about 10 more than the other, or is this going to kind of be split evenly the rest of the the rest of the year? I think ideally you want that uh, goalie rotation because um – uh, whether they go with Tuca or whether they go with Halak during the playoffs, that goaltender is going to be fresh. Now, that might present a little bit of a problem because if one goalie struggles right away in the playoffs, you have to go to the other one maybe for, um, and the goaltending controversy continues. I don't know if you want to repeat during the playoffs, but right now this is a good problem to have. Halak's been playing really, really well um, early on, and Tuca bounced back nicely against the uh, Sanders last night. His rebound control could have been a little bit better. I mean, we saw Carlo um, make a couple of big, big saves uh, to yeah. uh, to back up Tuca there. I think Tuca owes Carlo a big steak dinner uh, during their day off. Today, <laughs> but but uh, it's uh, but last night was certainly nice to see uh, Tuca bounce back for sure. He looked solid. He didn't look like he was biting the puck all that much, except. For the rebounds he left here and there, and um, yeah, uh, the more of that from Tuca, and the more we see from Halak, uh, the better the goaltending is going to be um, uh, during the regular season, anyway. Tim, what's the what's the status of Tory Krug? What where, what what's he up to? He has started skating again. He joined the team up in Ottawa on um, Tuesday during the morning skate around. Um, my guess is he we're looking at a timetable for next week at the earliest, and I, uh, depending on how much he practices with the team, how active he is in drills, um, I don't think you'll see him during the next two games. But I do think that returns going to come maybe during their next uh, the two games after that when they're on the road in Carolina and Nashville. Tim, what what will that mean to the defensive core? What What's your sense for what they do once he comes back? Well, with all the injuries to defensive core, you have uh, McAvoy out, you have Miller out, and you have um, Bacchanina is probably going to be out for uh, some time. I do believe uh, most of the core that they have right now is going to stay intact. Now, you know, uh, I think the bigger question is what happens when Miller and McAvoy come Sure. Back. Will a guy like Matt Grizzly have to uh, set... Um, up on level nine, and he's a good, good puck mover. He's been pretty good on that top power play unit, I think, uh, replacing Krug. I think he's a keeper for uh, puck moving purposes, but uh, with the similar stature to uh, Krug in size and puck moving ability, they might opt to keep uh, John Moore from there um, up uh, on that left, uh, on that 
as their second or third left shot defenseman. And he's been okay and since he's come here. I don't think uh, the I do believe that he needs to improve down the road. Talking with Tim Rosenthal from Bruins Daily and BruinsDaily.com. What's uh, what's the schedule looking like uh, for the next few days, and uh, what uh, what else uh, what else should we be looking for on the horizon with this team, and things we should be keeping an eye on, since people are going to have to start focusing on other things other than Red Sox baseball soon. Yes. Well, at least for today, you won't hear uh, Michael Felger uh, complain about Tuka Rask, or maybe you will. I don't. Know. You will. It doesn't matter Probably. what he does. They'll, no. You'll hear about that for well, a while. Well, I don't know. He, it's going to be a rough day to get on the anti Tuka Rask bandwagon, just as much as much as get on the anti Craig Kimbrell uh, bandwagon. It's going to be a tough game <laughs> day for the hot take police there. But uh, we got. Philadelphia on Thursday, Montreal Saturday, and then uh, Carolina in six days to round up uh, the month of uh, October there. So, and um, they were uh, the matchup I'm really looking forward to is a week from uh, Saturday against Nashville in Nashville. I wish I were going, but that is going to be one fun matchup, I do believe. I don't know if you guys saw the. Um, uh, with a Pierre Laviolette after the Edmonton game on Saturday, donned his uh, horse face uh, mask during his post-game press conference as uh, part of a bet there. So maybe we'll see that again. Maybe. All right, last thing before I let you go, okay? Mm-hmm. Very, very last thing before I let you go, and this has nothing to do, nothing to do with the Bruins. What should WWE do with a crown jewel pay-per-view? Ah, uh, you know what? I think timing is everything in this. Mm-hmm. And I've been reading reports that John Cena and Daniel Bryan are against going to Saudi Arabia. Now, I do believe many of the WWE superstars from my brand, um, what's they may call them superstars instead of wrestlers. I feel like Vince McMahon here. But yeah, um, wow, you get you totally have been boy, you've been McMahon yeah. at this point. Yeah. That's impressive. But. Uh, yeah, uh, I do believe that many of the uh, wrestlers there are have uh, voiced out their opinion of not going to Saudi Arabia, but when you hear John Cena and Daniel Bryan reportedly voice out, I do think that uh, uh, that has some merit uh, compared to many of the other wrestlers. I do believe uh, that they're going to do so- something overseas, whether it's Saudi Arabia, whether it's uh, they or whether they go to another. Middle Eastern country that doesn't have the same restrictions or even to Europe for this uh, big crown jewel special, they're still going to have it. question is where. I don't think I actually make a bold prediction that's not going to be in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I feel pretty I feel pretty confident yeah. it's not going to be either. In fact, yeah. I think you'll know by the end of the day where it might be. But, Maybe. I, you yeah. know, I, I think uh, I, I don't I think they can. They can do a, a few other things here, but I, I think it may be announced today or tomorrow. But I thought that was pretty uh, pretty interesting that they... Yes, uh, in that regard, uh, uh, well wishes to Roman Reigns as he uh, battles leukemia again. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, best wishes to Dean Ambrose as he takes the heel turn now out of the shield. So that's even yes. a whole other thing. So, All right. Thank you very much, my friend. Thank you. Maybe we'll have more wrestling discussion down the road as well. Well, we might have to, depending on how the Bruins do the rest of this year. All right. I'll see you later, Tim. All right. Thanks, Matty. Thank you. That's Tim Rosenthal from Bruins Daily, BruinsDaily.com, here on the B-List Daily from the Spectrum Health Care Partner Studios across the NBR Radio Network.